Well, today is a big day as we celebrate the groundbreaking of our building campaign. It's an exciting time to be here at St. George's. And let me start by telling you with what I hope you will take away from this sermon. I think that we have to learn to build in a different way. Put simply, we must build a church where we give up performing, and we learn to look to Jesus, who is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. There you go. That's the thesis statement of my sermon. You see, I know a a lot about performing. I did a good bit of acting when I was in junior high and high school. I loved to perform, especially if the performance involved pranks. So when I was 14, Uh, The church I attended was hosting a conference with kind of a big shot radio host named Dawson McAllister, this kind of evangelical mixture of Oprah, Casey Kasem, and James Dobson. And I had been roped into volunteering for this conference because I attended the church, which presented me with a golden opportunity to pull a prank. But what to do, I wondered. Well, during the intermission of the church conference, inspiration struck, and I knew what I had to do. So students uh, wandered out during the intermission, naturally, to use the restroom to get a drink. And so I walked discreetly up to a piano on the stage, sat down behind it, and began to play. Except that I didn't, and I still don't, to this day, know how to play the piano. So this was one of those pianos with a CD player built in, and you can press play, and it will play what's ever programmed onto the CD. And so with nobody watching, I pressed that button, and a piece started soothingly with a slow tempo, managing to gain the attention of just a few onlookers here and there without interrupting the chatter of the masses. And as the emotion of the piece began to accelerate, so did the fervency of my playing. Now, students were also trickling back in, returning from the restrooms and the lobby, and they joined the crowd that at that point was watching me with rapt attention, which only reinforced my commitment to go big or to go home. And so the piece of music and my artistic investment, it it, it climaxed in my kind of standing up and kicking back the stool and playing the remainder of the piece, standing and flailing about to the extent that you can do that while you're playing Chopin or Bach or whomever I was pretending to play. And then it was all over. You could hear a pin drop in the room. It was amazing. And then like a wave rushing in, 1,500 or so students began to applause rapturously. It was amazing. I was a patrician among commoners, a god among mere mortals. What a moment of glory for my 13-year-old self. What a performance. For a moment, I was the beloved of a community, and I didn't have to do much of anything to attain it. In fact, well, in fact, I was a fraud. What if they had asked for an encore? They would have seen right through the performance. They would have seen that I was a fake. They would have seen the real me. Isn't this how many of us go throughout life? 
were able to put on a performance and even win over people's admiration and respect, even as we are afraid of what would they really think if they knew what's going on inside of me very often, what hates and pains I am holding inside. Well, this was certainly true for me at that moment. As a child, I was hurting. Several years earlier, when I was four years old, my my father had left my mother. It was an incredibly difficult thing for us to go through as a family. He had a severe addiction problem and other issues that I won't really get into. A year later, by the time I was five, they were divorced, and our family life was changed, altered forever. And it's for this reason, I think, among maybe a few others, that I chose to be the class clown. I wanted to laugh. I wanted others to laugh because it was too difficult to live in a world of feeling broken, feeling rejected, even deserted. Even as my friends' families around me looked so perfect, I can't imagine what it would have been like if we had Instagram at that point. It would have felt terrible. But isn't this how life works? Going through life, seeing everyone else's picture-perfect reality. Far from it. Think about God on the cross then. Think about what God on the cross means to my 13-year-old self and my 4- and 5-year-old self. Rejected, unloved, deserted, Jesus climbed onto the cross experiencing those things so that I could climb down from the piano. Don't get me wrong. That was one of the greatest pranks I've ever pulled. I'm quite proud of it. But as an act, it pulled back the veil and pointed to a need in my soul. So Jesus climbed up on the cross so that I could climb down from performing from needing to woo the crowd, from needing to put forth a false image that all is well in the soul of Clint Wilson. You see, when we climb down from our stages of performing, we learn to enter into the arms of Jesus. We learn that there's so much more, that those arms were spread wide open on the cross for us so that he could embrace us, those arms of vulnerability that wrap around us as we come to know his grace and his mercy. The author of Hebrews calls Jesus the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. And part of the mystery of Christianity is that whatever pain, whatever suffering we experience in this life, even amidst all of the good things that we have and experience. And no, we are not alone because Jesus as the pioneer, Jesus has gone there first. He knows what it is to suffer. He knows what it is to feel alone and deserted. No other God does this for his creation. No other God bleeds for his beloved. This is utterly unique. He is perfect, which means we don't need to be. We don't need to have the perfect yard or the perfect car, the perfect portfolio or grades or wife or husband or son or daughter. We're freed from that pressure. Christ is perfect. He is the perfecter of our faith. Only he can give us what we most truly long for. We've got to learn how to admit that 
we're going through junk, even amidst joy. And once we do, we begin to walk down the path towards healing and towards wholeness, the path pioneered by Jesus. So the book of Hebrews states, look to Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. You see, I found my father in God, that he is known through the church. This is why I love the church. This is why I believe, actually, it's a bold claim, that the church as the body of Christ is the hope of the world. Because I came to know and to love Christ through imperfect people, but to know the perfect love of God in their midst. And I would give my life to this a million times over, even as I fail all the time. So I've learned that relationships and vulnerability in the church here at St. George's, these really do have the power to change lives. I've learned to climb down from the piano because while fooling others can be so incredibly satisfying in the end, we will find that the performance really doesn't satisfy anyone, not least ourselves. So in light of a suicide epidemic in our culture and a mental health crisis and off-the-charts loneliness, as we enter into the joy of today with a building campaign, we need to be reminded that we need each other in different ways. As we break ground today, let's break ground in our hearts too. Let's build a church that gives up on performance and learns to look and point to Jesus as the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Amen.